When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, the new league year in the NFL has officially begun, so if anything happens that we didn't expect and it gets announced, I will let you know right away. But what's weird is the league year begins and... And we already know about 95% of the stuff that has happened through reports from our friends Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, and so forth. So to break down some of it, including how much the Minnesota Vikings will need to make up if they lose even more of their key players, our friend for Pro Football Focus, Eric Eager. What's going on, Eric? Hey, man. uh, Crazy couple of days. (laughs) Yeah, you could say that uh, in the world and with the NFL. So let's just start out with what I wrote um, at scorenorth.com about how much the Vikings will have to make up in terms of production to be just as good as they were last year. And I will read my last line of this, and then you can react to it. Okay. Uh, if the Vikings trade Anthony Harris, they'll have to replace, according to PFF data, 1.46 wins, which is not that much, but also could be the difference between you making the playoffs and not. And it is the equivalent in wins above replacement to Amari Cooper, Byron Jones, Chris Harris, and Jadavion Clowney. Uh, reaction? Yeah, that that's a lot. And it's um, it, it's one of those things where it's the difference between as you said, you know, making the playoffs in 2018, not making the playoffs in 2018, uh, you know, being a, a two seed and being a five seed, um, you know, or, uh, you know, maybe maybe in the Vikings future, being in the top ten of the draft and not. How much can you replace of that with, if they trade Anthony Harris, they'll have $20 million in cap space and the draft? And I guess that's the biggest question. You and I discussed when we were in Indianapolis, which positions can step in right away. Uh, the draft part of it is really hard for me, Eric, because in 2015, the Vikings had one of the best drafts in the entire NFL, if not the best, in getting Stephon Diggs, Daniil Hunter, and Eric Kendricks. And then in 2016, they had one of the worst drafts in getting you know Laquan Treadwell. So even if you have a very smart front office, which I think the Vikings do, um, you could still have drafts that just don't work out. So what should they do with all of this draft capital? Well, that's the hard part. You know, we and a lot of Vikings fans responded to the big receiver draft. And the hard part is, the average, even if it's not a quarterback, the number one overall pick in the NFL draft generates, on average, one win above replacement during the rookie deal. 
right? And obviously you have guys that overperform that. You guys have guys that underperform that. But, like, draft picks are nice, shiny objects. But there are just as many, I mean, there's just as many Laquan Treadwells as there are, and then Trey Waynes as there are Xavier Roses, uh, as there are, you know, Adrian Petersons, as there, you know. So the hard part is going to be, you know, yes, the Vikings have some draft capital now and they have some ammunition to replace these guys. But as we wrote about earlier, uh, you know, this offseason, they're, you know, you, you draft for value, and right? Value is something that often doesn't accumulate or, or appreciate until year two or year three. So, um, you know, I do, th- I do think they'll use the draft capital to, um, you know, get some receivers, obviously get some players in the secondary, hopefully shore up their offensive line a little bit. But to expect it to pan out right away in the way that guys like Harris and, and Diggs and so on and so forth have done in the last few years is a bit speculative. So I got a few crazy stats with trying to replace Stephon Diggs. He made up 31% of Kirk Cousins' total yardage. And when they threw towards Stephon Diggs last year, they averaged over 11 yards per attempt, throwing to anyone else gained the Vikings 7.4 yards per attempt, and he made up 41% of the total air yards for Kirk Cousins and led the NFL in passes that traveled over 20 yards, which the Vikings want to continue to throw the ball deep downfield with Gary Kubiak. Rookie receivers, I think if you're looking for a cautionary tale, even in a great receiver draft, supposedly, you look to the 2015 draft where Amari Cooper is fourth overall. He's a fantastic player, no doubt about it. Stephon Diggs has more catches than even he does. And the first round has guys like what Corey Coleman and Kevin White, who were just these massive busts that everybody loved and, and got on their, uh, you know, their hype train. And, and that's the concern for me about this trade, that I understand the reasons why you would want to move digs. And I also understand that in a bubble, it seems like you got more value back than you gave away. But at the same time, the odds of replacing him with a draft pick are just pretty low that you're going to get someone anywhere in his stratosphere. Absolutely. And with those, with the draft capital, the problem is you're not going to get, once you have a bona fide superstar, the only way really that you can recoup that is by, on average, again, on average, because we know that more draft picks bust than they don't, is to get a quarterback. And the Vikings spent the first day of free agency extending their quarterback. Uh, and so I, I just, that's the tricky part. Like you said, Diggs had a really remarkable year last year in the sense that of all players who have had, I believe it's 100 targets or more, he increased his average depth of target from one year to the next more than anybody in the PFF era. So he went from more of an underneath 10 yards per catch guy to last season being a deep threat. Uh, and there's not that many wide receivers uh, that, that you you have in the NFL that can alter their type the way that Diggs did. So he'll be best. And not only do the Vikings need to use some of the draft picks to replace him, they need to use some of the graphics to get a number three guy as well. Let's uh, talk about the Cousins extension a little bit more, Eric. Uh, I got a text from someone, let's just call it in the industry, that uh, said, if you're giving away digs and you're signing on to Kirk Cousins for three years, uh, why why do it right away other than cap space? Because wouldn't you want to see him without one of his top receivers? Uh, and maybe you already know what he is, but you're taking away... A, 
his main target for the last two years, someone who's been excellent and deserving of Pro Bowls that he didn't get into. And now Cousins is going to have to make up for that in some ways. And even with a lot of other weapons, you're still talking about a team that wants to run the ball more and make Delvin Cook their centerpiece and will very likely extend Delvin Cook. So it puts into question to some extent uh, the timeline even for the Vikings and when they think they could be good again, but also how you get the most now out of Kirk Cousins in 2020 and beyond. Yeah, I think the cynical way to look at it is the only thing that made sense about it was the fact that they waived the no-trade clause um, because now you know they have at least a little bit more uh, you know, even immediately in the future for a possibility to sort of maybe you know draft a quarterback high and trade Kirk later. Um, but this doesn't this, – I have a hard time seeing how any of the moves that they made uh, makes Kirk makes Kirk Cousins more likely to make good on the contract that he got with Minnesota. Um, you know, so what do they have to do? I mean, yeah, they have to they kind of have to give receivers that have his strengths. And you know, we season ago that he's very good throwing the ball down the field. So you know, does that mean that they you know there have been talks that they're going to trade Anthony Harris to move up in the draft? You probably have to get up to like ten to get yourself at least a. a a shot at like Henry Ruggs or C.D. Lamb or even Jerry Judy, um, you know, those are going to be the types of players that really accentuate his strengths in free agency. They don't really have a lot of money, but even if they did, you're looking at guys like Bashad Perriman, who's been up and down, another first-round uh, guy who busted out before, you know, generating some value later on. Um, yeah, so it, it was a head-scratcher for me. I, I think, uh, you know, it, I, I'm not terribly you know, optimistic about what we're going to see from Cousins over the next year plus. So it, let's just say that they didn't do it. Let's say they didn't extend Kirk Cousins. Now, it does put them in a very tough position for 2020 to be able to afford anything, even just to field the roster, because there aren't that many people left that they can even strip down. They've traded away Diggs, and they've let go Everson, and they, or at least he's a free agent, and they've let go Linval Joseph, and they've let go Xavier Rhodes. And still, even if they trade Anthony Harris, they'll only have $20 million with still 20 roster spots left to fill at least. So they would have been in a really tough position if they were paying the whole $31 million for Kirk Cousins. That's a reason to do it. But if we play this out down the road and say, let's say you let Cousins go into 2020 and see what happens. And if he goes to the Super Bowl, then you could say, all right, well, he's certainly proved that he could do it. But if he doesn't, and he goes 8-7-1, and one, and he's a pretty good statistical quarterback but doesn't win a whole lot, and then you open yourself up for a lot of draft capital to build around a new quarterback, and that seems like it would have been a favorable and for Vikings fans rather exciting option to look down the road and say, okay, it got built up, they won a lot, they didn't get the Super Bowl, and now bring it down a notch and build it back up with somebody else at quarterback. I feel like when I say that, I can almost feel Vikings fans going, ah, yeah, we could have done that. Right, and and that's a lot. That's a lot that needs to go right just for this situation to make sense, you know. And and I think in football, that's really the tough part about football is there's so many interconnected things. And when you don't get yourself a quarterback like a Wilson, like a Mahomes, like a Brady, like a Breeze, it requires so it requires you to hit a royal flush to to have you know to to. For, for some of these decisions to make sense. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a front office member, but those are not the types of bets I like to make. 
Uh, and so, unfortunately, um, you know, where they're sitting now, they're probably not going to be all that successful this season because, you know, they don't, their defense, I don't think, is good enough in the secondary. And then offensively, they're not going to be explosive enough. I mean, last season, they were able to lean on Dalvin Cook, I think, a lot more than people who are skeptical of the run game like me think. But those things tend to regress season to season. And, you know, so where do the Vikings sit? I mean, you know, uh, the Bears are probably going to be a little bit better than they were last season. I think Detroit's going to be as well. Green Bay's coming off a 15-3 and year. Um, you know, unfortunately, like, their, their best move from here on out is probably to trade, you know, to make some trades back to accumulate picks not only in this draft but also in the following draft uh, and see how high of a, of a draft pick they can get the following year. Well, is that the path? I mean, okay, so we know this team, especially with uh, Kirk Cousins, is um, not going to go 4-12. and 12, but re- Really unlikely, especially their schedule. I had Rami earlier pick every game of the schedule. I made up a fake one, and he came up with 8-8 eight and eight for next year, which I think is very reasonable. Um, so let's just say that that happens, that that's their talent level, and things could go right. They could make the playoffs. More teams get into the playoffs. What is the path? back to being great though I mean is there's always a path for every team to having that one or two year three year window where you've got a shot you know Philadelphia builds up their roster they sign a bunch of free agents Carson Wentz plays well gets them home field advantage and boom they, it clicks and, and it works for them San Francisco is a fourth quarter away from having all of those things go right for them and then having it click I don't think that's next year for the Vikings, but if it's 2021, if I told you they were in the Super Bowl 2021, what would have had to have happened along the way over this offseason and then going forward? Yeah, you, you you remark about the 2015 draft. I think they have to have a draft that's, that, that's similar to that and in the right places. So they, they probably have to get at least one or two defensive backs who are who end up being very good in this draft, at least one or two wide receivers that end up being good, and maybe one of the younger guys develops, like D.C. Johnson or Alexander Hollins. Irv Smith has to turn out to be a pretty damn good tight end, uh, and the offensive line has to stick together. Um, Daniil Hunter has to take another step, as is Eric Hendricks. And and I think that this is probably even, even more uh, to the point. The NFL, with a lot of teams trying to hang on at quarterback, namely Tampa Bay now, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, probably New England with whom, whomever they sign. A lot of those bets around the league need to go broke, and the Vikings need to be able to trade Kirk Cousins to one of those teams for a high enough draft pick where they can, you know, do what Philadelphia did, which is to trade multiple picks to move up and get Carson Wentz, or exactly what the LA Rams did as well. If all those things happen, I think the Vikings can compete relatively early. That's a lot of things to happen, but I think namely the rest of the league is going to have to get desperate enough to take that, you know, that, to take Kirk Cousins off of you and give you some value in return. Talking with Pro Football Focus's Eric Eager, uh, the uh, forecast podcast is outstanding with Eric and uh, George Shahuri. I know that you're all working from home and have time to listen to podcasts, so listen to our show and the PFF forecast. Uh, let me ask you about a couple other things here. Tom Brady is going to play for the Tampa Bay Bucks now, and what? Like, I mean, this is just great for for people like you and I that really love looking back at the '90s and what random quarterbacks played for random teams, and uh, who love watching the Kansas City Chiefs with Joe Montana. This is kind of great from that perspective. It's not great if he continues to wear those XFL type of uniforms that the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Bucks have. But I think yeah. here's a crazy stat for you, Eric. You like stats, don't you? Uh, 
the Bucks turned it over 41 times last year and on 20% of their drives. And the New England Patriots only turned it over 15 times the whole season. Uh, if if that even meets in the middle with Tom Brady as a quarterback, they win like 11 or 12 games, right? That is a very talented team. I think he made the right decision. Yeah, as somebody who um, last season I had bets on Tampa Bay to win over six and a half games and Jameis to win the passing yardage title, I watched a lot <laughs> of their games, and they, they lost the game to the Giants on a last-second missed field goal. They lost the game to Tennessee, I think, on a late turnover that was kind of BS. They lost the game to Houston on that Saturday where there was only a couple games on. I mean, Tampa Bay, even with Jameis, gets a couple breaks in their 11-5 and team. Brady, in multiple seasons in his career, had less than five interceptions. Uh, you know, Notably, one season, I think, 20-something touchdowns and two picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's certainly different in taking care of the football. Um, and even, you know, I think he gets a little bit too much of a reputation for being dink and dunk. Uh, in between 10 and 20 yards, he's the highest-graded quarterback over the last few years. So I, I think this is a remarkable move for them. Another thing that's really uh, underrated about Tampa is that their defense, their defense gave up 28. There were 28th in points allowed this year, but only like six. There were sixth in yards per play allowed. Hmm. And it, again, it speaks to Jameis turning the ball over. That defense is actually pretty good. Um, and Todd Bowles has done a terrific job of, of giving it a facelift in just one year. So I'm not saying Tampa Bay is the favorite in the NFC or even the NFC South with how good the Saints are, but they're a legitimate contender now uh, to be good and to make the playoffs. So Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, we all feel good for Teddy. He's got a lot of money now, and that's great. And he earned it uh, for sure with his incredible comeback and then a 5-0 and stretch with the New Orleans Saints last year. But he joins a team that is in transition. I-, I think for year one for Teddy, they have to be patient here because, first of all, it's his first time starting 16 games since 2015. But also, you're going against Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and and uh, Tom Brady, but by 2021, you might not be going against any of those guys in the division. So if they take more of a long view of this, uh, I think it could actually work out really well for Teddy and Carolina. Yeah, I think if you're a Bridgewater fan, the only concern you have is that his contract looks a decent amount like Mike Lennon's did for Chicago just a few years ago. Uh, And so Carolina picking at seventh overall is not necessarily a lock to take somebody like uh, Isaiah Simmons or one of the tackles. It may actually take somebody like Jordan or Jordan Love or Justin Herbert, two players that I don't think very much of, but the league I think does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a, I'm only a little bit concerned that Bridgewater could just be a bridge to the next quarterback. Oh, wow. But if he's not, they have some players who are pretty who accentuate Bridgewater's strengths pretty well on offense, namely McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Uh, who you know can take accurate underneath passes and do a lot with them. So I think it's a good move for Bridgewater. I, you know there are other places I think he might have been able to do better, but Carolina seems like a team sort of with the right process in place and could really uh, you know in a couple years contend. And Bridgewater gives them a great like they don't want to necessarily dip their toes in and stall up and get you know, Tua Tagovailoa or, or Joe Burrow, but they want a guy who has the opportunity and the, the potential to be a franchise quarterback, and Bridgewater gives them that. All right, last thing for you, Eric. Who got the most better so far in free agency? Oh, that's a um, – I think I think the Los Angeles Raiders did a really good job. They got two linebackers. Uh, excuse me, what the what Raiders? Jonathan, is, Jonathan, Jonathan is very right. upset. Come on, the Las Eric. Vegas Raiders. Sorry about that. 
Um, I must have been watching old NFL films where they were the lot. You know, anyway, uh, they, I, little identity crisis there. But they just got Eli Apple, who actually turned his career around pretty well uh, for the, the Saints. They got uh, Kayakowski, former Bear. Uh, also, Corey Littleton, who is not a big name, but one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. They did a good job. Um, I also look at the Chargers, just got our old friend Limbo Joseph. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what they're doing at quarterback with, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, but they have, they've done some pretty good stuff as well. So, you know, and then the teams, frankly, that haven't done a whole lot, like the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs, you look, always look back at free agency and say, those teams actually did pretty well because they stayed away from making a lot of mistakes. I, I think those are low key teams that have done well so far. And Chris Harris appears to be signing with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So they continue to build up their roster, and if they want another quarterback other than Tyrod, they could be pretty darn good, I think. Um, Eric, great stuff as always. I hope that you are staying virus-less. i got to figure out a better way to say that, just maybe keeping safe over these days. And uh, I think we've got still quite a ways more to go, even though Brady's got his home, Rivers has his home, and and Bridgewater too. There's a lot of free agents and things that could still change, and definitely a lot uh, with the Vikings. Yeah, absolutely. I just bought both of my daughter's iPads, so... Uh, as a as a birthday gift to my wife, uh, so uh, we'll we'll see how long that lasts. Much like free agency, we're just trying to milk everything we can for as long as we can until uh, we get some level of normalcy back. Yeah, so this is cool. Um, we're gonna have PFF guests on every day because all of you are working from home and want outside contact in some way. So we'll yeah. have every day. We'll have Solomon Wilcox is gonna come on next week. So Eric, uh, well, stay safe, and uh, I appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for having me on. Yep, Eric Eager there, Pro Football Focus. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their Mizzle Collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.